I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Joining us for the Third Coast Conference this year in Chicago? Well, you might want to come a day early, because on November 8th, we bring you ReSound Live at Talia Hall. Starring Phoebe Judge, the neo-futurists, Adriana Cardona, and me, Gwen Maxi, all performing original works, from the previously unspoken to the deliciously unexpected. ReSound Live will be part of our special two-week fest in Chicago which will also include Love and Radio, Code Switch, and Reveal, live on stage. To get tickets and see the entire Fest lineup, go to thefestchicago.org. That's thefestchicago.org. We will see you there. Hello there. You are listening to the Third Coast Pocket Conference, where your next great story begins. On this show, we share sessions from past Third Coast conferences featuring the world's top radio makers and podcasters. I'm your host, Dennis Funk. When you don't have the money to make your podcast idea a reality, one way to make your dream come true is through crowdfunding. To help producers get their ideas off the ground, Kickstarter, the online fundraising website for creative projects, sent their then-art program director, Stephanie Pereira, to the 2012 Third Coast Conference. There, she gave a primer on how to build an audio-centric Kickstarter campaign. Joining her was Roman Mars, creator and host of the podcast 99% Invisible. Roman shared lessons and insights from running his own successful Kickstarter campaign earlier that year, which at the time in 2012 was the highest funded Kickstarter ever for a journalism project. Okay, here's Stephanie and Roman with Kickstarter for Radio 101. Hi. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to talk for a not super long time and give you like sort of an overview perspective and then um, Roman's going to talk about his project and his experience and his amazing work um, with his project. A uh, little caveat, I am not a radio producer. I am a Kickstarter employee. I know a lot about Kickstarter. I know a lot about funding projects on Kickstarter and I've actually been working with PRX on their curated page and all the incredible work they've been doing working with independent radio producers to make Kickstarter projects, so I've learned a lot. Um, but if I come off as dumb at any moment, please don't judge. <laughs> I'm trying my best. All right, so Kickstarter, I think you guys all know this. We are a platform for funding creative projects. 
Um, when we say creative projects, we mean things that are specific and finite. In your case, it may be a new season, it may be a special thing you're trying to do, but something that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Something you could say, it's done, we did it, here it is, it's produced, there it is. Um, we don't allow any cause or charity funding, which is, I think, cool, because it means that only creative projects are on our site, only cr the creative endeavors of this world. Um, we require um, something called uh, rewards, we call them rewards, and that means that in exchange for the money that people give to you in support of your creative project, they get something in return. And I would say part of what they get in return is that patronage feeling, it's the good feeling of making something happen, um, but it's usually something else, and we'll talk a little bit about that too. Um, so an important thing that I think everyone knows, I should just take this slide out, <laughs> is that the funding on Kickstarter is all or nothing. So what that means is when you create a Kickstarter project and you launch it, you tell people how much money you're trying to raise and you give yourself a period of time to raise it within, usually about 30 days or so. So in this example, they were trying to raise $3,000 to do this like day-long dance uh, performance festival in Baltimore, which is cool. Um, they had a little less than $200 left to raise. If for some reason they did not raise that $200, uh, none of these people, these 31 people that pledged to their project, none of those people would be charged. Their credit cards are never charged. Everyone walks away. It's like nothing ever happened. So that's the all or nothing model. The other side of the all or nothing model is that when a project gets to the point, it always gets funded. There's no way that a project gets to like 99% there and doesn't make it. That's just not the truth. Um, so why do we do it? People always ask. Uh, one, less risk. If it's going to cost you $3,000 to do that day-long dance performance thing, whatever that is, um, and you only raise $500, that puts you in kind of an awkward situation, right? What are you going to do with that $500? Um, of course, it encourages participation. It's like, hey, you guys, we all are in this together. Let's get to the finish line. And of course, it's compelling. Uh, the good thing is that once a project gets momentum, once it gets just one pledge, 10%, and what we talk a lot about is 30% of its funding goal, it usually will succeed. In fact, it will succeed 9 out of 10 times once it gets to that 30% mark. So that's really key. So Kickstarter has been around for a little over three years now. Since then, um, we've seen some pretty big numbers. Uh, right now, there's something like 4,500 projects live on the site at any given time. Uh, we're close, fast approaching 3 million people uh, pledging to Kickstarter projects. I think a cooler fact is that more people are uh, what we call repeat backers, more and more and more people who have pledged not to one, but two, but three, maybe four projects, maybe five are like me. I've pledged to, uh, I think, 175 now. So we have a growing community of people, um, an ecosystem of people not only who want to make projects, but are bringing projects to life together, which is cool. So um, that big number up there, 30, uh, 375 million dollars has been pledged to creative projects on Kickstarter and there have been 30,000 successful projects. That's so 30,000 successful projects in the world because of this. Uh, a little less than half of all the projects that launch succeed, but as I said earlier, once a project gets momentum, it usually does, so I can say like a full quarter of those that um, that fail don't even get a single pledge. So really a good thing for you to know and keep in mind is once you launch and get going, you likely, if you do get get momentum, you will make it. We do charge a fee for this service. We charge 5% if you succeed, only if you make your goal. So it's free to use, <laughs> free to try. Um, and then Amazon, is they process uh, the credit cards. So they charge between 3 and 5%. So the total is between 8 and 10% of fee for um, a successful project. 
Um, so to give you a sense of that, how that 370, you know, whatever, 5 million um, breaks down, and this might not, this is just, we have 13 categories on the site, so this is just a selection of them, the top categories, if you will. So you can see that film is the biggest. Film has always been the biggest, probably because film budgets are the biggest. Um, games is fast approaching until uh, something like six or seven months ago, it was at the bottom. Games have raised something like $47 million in the past six or seven months, so it's, it's a fast-growing category. Um, music is, and I can switch views here, this is by number of projects, uh, successful projects. You can see music is the sort of the leader in this category. And I think it's because it's a really easy thing to do. It's like, hey, I have a band. I want to make a new CD. I want to go on tour. I want to have a kick-ass show with some live stuff that I never had before. So it's really easy for musicians to do this. Filmmakers, artists, people in theater, publishing games, food, these are the people that are doing the most successful projects on Kickstarter. I can say that I would show you stats about radio, but we don't have a radio category. Um, the interesting thing about radio and Kickstarter is it happens across all of these categories. So people might say, I have a radio show about food, and so they'll put it in the food category. I think that's actually kind of cool. If you guys want to debate that, that we'll, we can do that. Um, but for now, it's more about content, or maybe you'll talk about form like web series or something like that. So anyway, that's the stats, right? Um, but what we think is the most important thing to talk about when we talk about Kickstarter is that it's a story. And this is good news for you guys, right? Storytellers. Um, Kickstarter is a powerful, powerful tool for telling stories, for engaging people in your story, and uh, like joining together in this thing. So when we do these workshops, we just focus on the story part. We think that's all you need to know, really. So the first way you get to tell your story on Kickstarter is through the video. Um, I hope all of you at least have had the pleasure of landing on a Kickstarter page and watching the amazing videos that have happened over the years. Because um, they're fun, right? They're people. They're not commercials. Uh, they should not be commercials. Um, they're people telling their stories, sharing their passions, telling people, here's the thing I would like to do. Um, here's how you could come along with and join me and do this thing with me and thank you so much. So it's, it's just kind of this wonderful journey. Um, so so I have a video here. It's about a minute and a half long. It is a montage of some of our favorite Kickstarter videos. And it's also assembled in such a way as to follow the story arc of a typical video. So a little instructive as well. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. What's up, people? Hi. <laughs> hey. Hello. I thought we were going to do hello. Hi. I love your new shoes. Are those new shoes? Hi, my name is Raquel. Uh, and I could go on, but this is a Kickstarter campaign video, and I haven't even told you what my project is yet. So the idea is this. I'm writing a book. A feature film. Stop motion animations. Sci-fi music video album. Let people actually be able to buy a couture dress that they themselves designed. I want to make a new graphic novel, and I want you to get some original art. This time I decided to write things that were more lyrical. I hope to make something strange and unique for you to enjoy. I made a film called Codependent Lesbian Space Alien Seek Same. Right now, I'm sitting on over 200 hours of incredible footage. I'd like your help to complete it. Cut out all that extraneous stuff, all this extraneous costs, and get to the point, which is simply more art in front of more people. The last piece of the puzzle is going to be you. We cannot do this without you. We can't. We need you to be a part of this. This is a collaborative experience. If you back this Kickstarter project, you will be cool and everybody will like you. I want to make a show that you don't just watch. 
something unpredictable, strange, and maybe even amazing. So let's do this thing. I'm really excited for this. I think that this is worth doing. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching our Kickstarter. Let's go make a story. We can make it together. So... Okay, I always say this, but it's true, right? <laughs> um, I've seen that video like a thousand times and I smile every time. And the important thing here, the big takeaway here, I hope, is lots of faces, right? It's lots of people being real, being honest, maybe a little humorous, certainly creative, but being people. People um, see videos actually like Romans and get really nervous <laughs> because they're really good and you're like, oh my God, so I have to be an amazing video producer on top of everything else. And um, it's certainly nice and fun to have a really great video, but I I think, and I hope you saw this, um, if you you are yourself, you're a person, you have some good lighting and good sound, uh, maybe some upbeat music, <laughs> um, I think that that's really the takeaway with a good Kickstarter video. So the rewards. This is super, super, super key. Um, this is what I alluded to before. This is a required part of every Kickstarter project. Um, it's really, it's usually a copy of the thing. So if you're writing a book or making a film or making a CD, um, you know, someone's getting the book or the film or the CD. And of course, that's a little difficult in the world of radio, and I know that. And I've been working with a lot of radio people lately, and we've, we're constantly brainstorming. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And um, you can, and we'll look at some of Roman's rewards later, you could think of how to make your show into a thing. <laughs> think about what things can come out of your show with physical goods. Um, and this is an opportunity for collaboration, which is awesome. Um, you can also think about creative experiences. And here I would also look at some of the other, um, maybe look at journalism or even looking at some of the nonfiction publishing categories on the site and see how they've done things. Um, because this is an opportunity to invite participation. You have a community of listeners, a community of fans, a community of people who care about what you're doing, hopefully. Um, and so think about, this is a chance for you to engage those people. This is a chance for you to reward those people for saying like, hey, you guys have been listening for a long time. You're like always around. You're always commenting. You're always fueling my inspiration. So this is actually a chance for you to truly reward them and give back to them. And that does not just have to be through things. It could be maybe they get to do a little spot on your show. Maybe you do them a shout out. Maybe they get to be part of the editorial team. Um, you can invent something for your Kickstarter backers. This is a true opportunity. Um, this is really about be someone being able to point to this thing and say, hey, I was part of that, right? So um, the most common pledge on Kickstarter is $25. This has been true since forever, since the dawn of time on Kickstarter, uh, which is about three years. Um, so this is really important for you to keep in mind, because what's happening here is this is where people are really willing to part with their hard-earned cash in exchange for something of value. Um, a lot of times people will say, like, offer maybe like, hey, I'll say thank you for $25. I, Stephanie, would never pay $25 for a thank you. Um, what I would pay $25 for, what I have paid $25 for, is maybe to go to a party, right? Um, or maybe uh, like a notebook or something like that, or maybe an art print. I do, I back a lot of art projects, so stuff like that. Um, but the $25 tier, the $15 tier, the $10 tier, that's where you're going to see a lot of your momentum. This is where the people, like the people energy will come for your project. And since this is a lot about social media, that's really important to keep in mind. That said, $100, as you can see, is the tier that generates the most money on Kickstarter. So you do want to keep that tier in mind as well. Those are your, your sort of heavier hitters, but those people do matter. Those people, are they're going to like cause the, the cash momentum on your project. 
Um, so I just did a, a bullet list just because I'm like, you know, continuously trying to help people brainstorm. So I thought I would do this. This is actually a good moment for me to say I'm going to be here all day tomorrow um, at the other building, not this building, um, during the sessions doing office hours. So I'll have a table set up and I'll be I can brainstorm with you guys for your projects. But I did a little brainstorm on the screen for you. Um, so my, my, my final message on rewards, and I don't want to like beat, you know, beat a dead horse here, but um, take off your fundraising cap. Don't think of this like a pledge drive at all. This is not, that's not what this is about. Of course, it, you know, it has its roots in it in some way, but just keep your creative content program hat on. This is a chance for you to take that part of your brain and really like extend it out into the world in a different kind of way. Um, once you start thinking like a fundraiser, sorry for all the fundraisers in the room, but I think you'll, you're going to let yourself down and your fans down. So a cool thing about Kickstarter is built into every project, there's something called project updates. Basically, this is like your project blog. It functions just like a blog. Um, this is some screenshots of it, one on the website and one in your inbox. Because what happens is, is once someone pledges money to your project, even just $1, they get automatically subscribed to this thing. So it's this multimedia email blast that you um, use to communicate with your backers. And you can send them special treats, like, hey, here's a first mix of my new song. Um, send them pictures, send them exclusive videos, give them sneak peeks or access to your process, your story, the work that you're making, things that other people don't necessarily get. Um, it's a way to invite people into your process as well as to do announcements, right? Um, so this is really cool. This is really like an exclusive thing. All right, backers. This is a word I throw around a lot. These are the people who support your projects, right? And um, as Katie alluded to earlier, they are your friends and family. Um, but they're also your fans. They're also your internet. These are the people that write about you and care about you and potentially people that have never met you before but will discover you through this Kickstarter project. Kickstarter can be, if done well, an incredible PR engine. So this is an opportunity to connect with those people. Um, the Kickstarter community is part of that, too. There are people like me who kind of lurk on the website and just pledge to cool stuff. Um, so when you are coming up with your rewards, when you're describing your project, when you're figuring out what it should even be, these are the people you should have in mind, because this is who you're talking to. So I want to give you a few quick examples before we take a, a deeper look at Roman's project. Uh, so this is a project that's actually live right now, and I chose it because I backed it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a beautiful project, and it's an example of how people can do things on Kickstarter. So it's to fund season two of Strangers. Um, and it's a uh, co-production between KCRW and Leia Tao. And um, if you watch the video, it's just sort of this beautiful muse on, on what the show is and the content of the show. If you look at the project description, it shows you, uh, it includes uh, using SoundCloud embeds, it uses uh, um, episodes from season one, so it's, it's giving you context and giving you history and then sort of inspiring you and telling you the story of what season two will be. It's a great example of a project. Um, this is a local, a Portland local project. Uh, it's something that started as a podcast and then became a radio show because it just grew an audience and people were interested in it. Um, it's Again, it's to fund a new season. It's another good example of how to do that, and all, especially if you have a very local audience. This is, I think, a nice, a nice project. Also, I wanted to show this one because they have a great project image. <laughs> so do strangers, actually. Um, this is key. This is how people discover your project on the site. If they don't know who you are already, this is the first thing they see. This is what will inspire them to click. So all these have good project images, I think. 
Um, Kickstarter is also a place where you can sort of take your whimsy, right? Like, I have this passion, I have this dream, I have this vision. I know there's, in this case, for blank on blank, they're like, I know that there's hours and hours and hours and hours of footage of, of interviews with really interesting people between really interesting people just sitting on dusty, you know, archives somewhere. Let's bring it to life. Let's re-edit it, make new content out of it. Maybe we can make animations to go along with it. Maybe we'll just make it at radio. You know, we, who knows? But this is sort of, that was the proposal. Um, people got really excited about that proposal. It's a project that did well. Um, this is also a chance for people who have long-running shows to, to try something new. So StoryCorps, their project just ended a few weeks ago. They wanted to take all their incredible content that they have and make it into an animation series. They're working with really cool animators, well-known dudes who don't come cheap. Um, and they've developed a Kickstarter around bringing this thing to life. Um, <laughs> I like this project because it's just like tiny and bizarre. Uh, their blurb is public radio project. <laughs> but what it is is it's, it's a month-long um, artist-driven series of radio. And it's just totally weird and totally wacky and totally out there. And it was a $1,500 goal. It was like nothing huge. But Kickstarter can be that too. Um, and, in, and in fact, I often advise people to try it out in this way. Um, this is another good example of how people use the site. If uh, this is a, they're trying to uh, raise capital for a local station, they had a $12,000 gap in the money that they needed to raise to buy equipment, and so they use Kickstarter to close the gap. This is something we see a lot with big projects. People, again, on this sort of tip of like trying out something new, people will try maybe a new app or an ebook or some sort of multi, you know, multimedia thing that they've never tried before. So if you're just doing radio, maybe you want to do a video series or you want to just make one video or maybe you want to try an app for a particularly popular episode that you had. So it's a way to sort of like try something. Um, something that people don't keep in mind with Kickstarter, it is a way to test ideas. So maybe you're like, I think people will want this. So the idea being, instead of paying for it to happen and then trying to sell it, to people. Instead, you're saying, hey guys, we have this idea to do this app. What do you think? And if people fund it, then it happens, right? So it's kind of flipping the notion on its head. All right. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I'm Roman Mars. Um, I do a radio program called 99% Invisible about architecture and design. And I came to Kickstarter because uh, I, I, I desperately needed funds to keep it going, and uh, the normal channels weren't really working for me. And I tried to raise $42,000 um, after I'd done two seasons of the show, and uh, we ended up raising 170477 <laughs> and so, which was, thank you. Um, and having over 5,000 backers, which was one of my real goals. Um, so, uh, well, maybe let's play the video, I guess. Uh, let's do it. I'm Roman Mars. 99% Invisible is a radio show I created about architecture and design. Since these are disciplines usually appreciated through the eyes, you might be thinking, well, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Fair enough. It turns out I don't need pictures to talk about design. Although it's nice to have them. Look at my cool launch pad lights. SSS for sound. I like making stories that tell us about who we are through the lens of the things we build. Since 99% Invisible launched at the end of 2010, the show has been downloaded over 3 million times. There's been no marketing budget. It's an independent production done literally in my house at night. I think that in these nearly 60 episodes, my collaborators and I have proven that we can make something as good as the best things on public radio.
now I just want to pay everybody. If we hit our Kickstarter goal, I can meet the basic needs for the budget for the new season. The great thing about being unexpectedly popular is that you're popular. And the bad thing about being unexpectedly popular is that it's expensive. The cost of my podcast hosting went up tenfold this year. If we can make that budget, I can keep the machine running. So that's where I set the goal of the campaign. But if we can blow that away and raise more, I can do so much more. I want to make more episodes, more stories like this. We're poking around looking at secret things in the capital. It sounds like this. An aviary of chrome-throated ravens taunting you as you descend into your workday. Not to mention critical life lessons. Always read the plaque. That is the secret to life, my friends. I want to go after more sources of funding, which is shockingly time-consuming and expensive. I want to do nothing less than create a new model for creating innovative public radio. But to do that, I need your help. Any amount that you can contribute will make a huge difference. Some really talented designers have worked below scale to create some nice thank you gifts to entice you to join us in this production. We created things that even if you didn't know the show that well, you'd want these items anyway. So check them out. And thanks. So, um, uh, I don't know how to make videos, uh, I, literally, I don't. So Zero One Productions um, were fans of the show, and they wrote me about doing a video episode at some point, and then I was like trying to think of what to do, and I said, well, I have this Kickstarter thing coming up, would you mind doing that? And that's what they made for me, <laughs> <laughs> for free. Um, I was stunned, actually. You know, I wrote it, and, then, and we conceived it, and then I would get a draft of it, and it would be amazing, and then and I'd get another draft, and then they would add all these motion graphics, and I was like, I thought it was done already. Um, it was really stunning. I think that video made me $40,000, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Um, but, I mean, I don't think you necessarily need it. I just, I, I was just really lucky. Um, I, but I think that part of that, the sincerity of it, hopefully comes through. And and I was trying to tell a story with that video, which is you know this, it, you know it can sound slick, but it's a garage production, and that that was the story I wanted to tell in that video, and I think that that worked. Um, so uh, that was lucky. That the the part of the Kickstarter, uh, you know, I had planned on starting the Kickstarter in probably March. I finally got it launched in July or August. It just takes a ton of time. You know, the gifts, do you have some yeah, of the gifts? So, yeah, so, I commissioned these notebooks uh, based on the episodes <laughs> of the show and um, a poster about, uh, there's some t-shirts, a poster, the architecture alphabet poster. I had lined up like what those things were. I sent out a little thing on Facebook and people told me like what letters should go with what buildings and they helped me figure that out and you know like that stuff took months and months and months this is a real job in the 30 days that I spent uh, on the campaign <laughs> it was it was all I did was that I could fill every second with it there's another person to write there's another thing to do it was a good job you know we made lots of money but it, it was definitely a job so don't think that you can just do it and uh and do it half-assed. If you want to make the money to do it, you, you have to work on it. Um, I'm trying to get anything else about it yeah, that was released. Um, maybe, so I, I, before we started, I downloaded these 
um, images from the website because I said something to Roman that I really love about this project is that he didn't just put up like a sticker with the 99% <laughs> um, logo on it, which I think a lot of people do. And I think um, it's if, if you're not treating it like a job, I think you're like, all right, I just got to do this Kickstarter thing. But I think something that really stood out to me, like I didn't know this project was launching. I got to discover it alongside many other people that weren't uh, fans or followers of Roman's show. Um, and one thing that immediately struck me is he didn't only treat it like a job, he took it like an opportunity to really make something that was worth making. And if you look at these notebooks, I mean, they're freaking gorgeous. I mean, maybe will you talk a little bit about how they were made? Uh, this designer in Baltimore named Andy Mangold uh, wrote me and said, I'd like to do stuff for your show. <laughs> I, I, can't, I just, you know, like, it, I say it takes a lot of planning. It also just takes a lot of luck. And a lot of people, like, in, and he's, and he had proposed a lot of things. He wanted to do like a USB drive of all the episodes. And and that's a pretty common thing and I can understand why someone might want it. But I didn't want it, uh, honestly. I You can download all my episodes online, why bother? And so I commissioned people to make things that I wanted. And that that's how I make my radio show. I make the radio show I want. So that's the only way I know how to do things. And so when he said, oh, I, I know this, these these uh, scout notebooks, you can customize them, you can make them, I'd like to design them based on your shows, different episodes. I was like, damn, I want I want a set. And if I felt like I wanted a set, then that was a good prize. Yeah. Um, same with the t-shirts, I spent a long time, the logo one is pretty basic, I, um, but- <laughs> You gotta have the logo shirt. You gotta shirt. have a logo shirt. <laughs> and I, I almost didn't put that one on. Um, that made 15% of the money, that had, 450 backers. Um, I almost didn't put it on. I don't know why. I just thought it was too basic. <laughs> but I made one based off the Plimsoll sh you know, show. Um, because I wanted a t-shirt because I can't wear a t-shirt that says not near invisible. I feel like a dork. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted a t-shirt that didn't have anything on it so I could wear it. Um, again, so it's just driven by make things you want. Make the show you want. It's just like everything else that we do. And so make the Kickstarter you want. Make the Kickstarter you would give to. It's, it's all it's that simple yeah and I yeah I think um, it's just cool that each of these is a project and each of these is a design in response to an episode right and for the most yeah, part for the except most for part. I mean that the cassette one the was cassette not different. and uh, it was just because uh, Patty who designed the t-shirt uh, he had all these great designs they're really intricate and this the plimsoll the whole point of the graphic is that it's very simple and he didn't and he didn't get to you know show off and I was like <laughs> Well, I really like that poster. Can we just offer it? And he was, she said, sure. It's great. And, so, and then th this was a favorite one of mine. Yeah, so I'd seen this fellow, uh, Woody, make these books on tape. And, um, <laughs> and I wrote him and I said, I, I think that would, that would, I didn't want to do a USB drive, but I wanted that. And so <laughs> we made it so, we still, I'm still trying to get them made, but... Um, so he, it, one side is the show with, uh, is one episode, and the other side is the episode with all my parts taken out. And so it has the script of the show, and I was encouraging people to go perform it live where they do my parts. Because <laughs> um, you can, they can, and then the, the other part of the book when you flip it over is instructions of how to modify a Walkman to rip off the, the top so you can play it. Because um, it's, you know, it's fat. Um, <laughs> But I wanted something that was, um, I wanted a class of gifts that was unique and wasn't something mass produced. I mean, unique, there's five of them, so almost unique. Um, 
and that was, you know, people wrote about that one a lot. Uh, and it's still one of my favorites. It's amazing. It's yeah, good. I, li I like it. And um, so, yeah, so I, I just made things I like. That's the, that's the goal. And uh, you can tell when the gifts are cheating when you, if you ever troll the site and, you, and you're like, oh, man, I don't want that. And like which, you want to give, but you feel discouraged. Yeah, which is, so that's, that's actually, and I, I want to talk about something else, but final note on this is um, that it's something that you keep saying over and over again is, would I want that? And that's something actually in our old presentation, we had a huge thing, it's like, would you want it? Um, but we're like, oh, that's ridiculous. But it's true, that is, I mean, that's the thing. Like, when you come up with your list of rewards, like, you should ask yourself, is this something that I would actually want? Um, when I'm talking to people about their projects in general, I say, think of your video as the invitation. Say, hey, come along on this journey for with, with me. And then the reward is the way that they find their way in. Because that is the experience. You land on someone's project page, you watch the video, you're like, that's awesome. And then you look at the rewards, and then that's, that's the moment. You're like, am I going to do this? And if it's really cool, but you don't find a reward for you, you may, I often do this, I'll be like, here's five bucks. Like, I, I yeah. love what you're doing. I mean, this is something, and I, I mean, I have a slight disagreement with you in terms Please of the do. fundraising thing. <laughs> like, is it like a fundraiser? I feel like the show was successful because I spent 10 years fundraising on public radio. Yeah. And I used those tools. And one of the things You would that, never know it from looking at this. Honestly. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think most fundraisers are bad. So I guess, I, I mean, do good fundraising. But to me, like, I learned how to do it through that. And one of the ways that I... What's great about Kickstarter is it builds in an incentive for... If you're pitching on the air live, which I do a lot of, you know, you don't need to explain to people listening to public radio why they should give to public radio. They're listening to public radio during a pledge drive. You need to, you know, so they have nothing else in their life. <laughs> you need to explain to people why now. Why does it matter now that you give? And the Kickstarter is inherently a why now. It's a limited time frame. If we don't hit it, we'd lose all the money. And the other thing, the why now, is I'm offering these gifts now and I might not offer them again. And so make your stuff based on that. It's why now. And everything about that urgency is based on that. And then the other part of it that I took from directly from my fundraising days is the um, I hit my goal within 24 hours. And then I had 30 more days to figure out what I was going to do. Um, and I wanted to make more. You know, I just... Well, why not? <laughs> you know, so um, I had reached out to someone to do like a side bet that was like if I and put up ten thousand dollars and if I got five thousand backers, I would get an extra ten thousand dollars. And it stopped being about raising the money, and it made it be about backers. And it got people who pledged a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. They didn't get gifts. Nineteen hundred people of my backers didn't get any gifts at all. Um, that's a motivating factor. That's, again, another why now. After the, we hit the threshold, mm -hmm. I needed another why now, and that was the second why now. And that one, just because I, don't, you know, I was, again, lucky, I picked a number that it took me about 29 days to hit. Um, it was based off some sciences. I, I had a, a thing of... Um, uh, I, the first two days of my show, I get about 50,000 downloads or so, just roughly. Um, and so I've been told this, and it stuck with me, is that you can get 10% of your audience to do anything, to give an iTunes review, to give to something, whatever it is, 10% is your maximum for, to get them to do something. And so I picked 5,000. It's like if, if you know, within a day or two, 
50,000 people download it, then I can get 5,000 to give. And that was what that number came from. And that's, and it took me 30 days to basically, or 28 days to get that number. And people really worked hard for it. They were fighting for it. They tweeted about it endlessly. And the thing I wasn't expecting was I was just trying to raise money. The story of raising money became a story, and I had no idea that was going to happen. That, you know, you know, the, uh, I, the show is more popular in terms of downloads than ever because I've raised money on it, which is absurd because we always raise money on our shows. So, but the, that thing of Kickstarter was exciting to people. Hey there, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the rest of this session. You're listening to Chicago's Progressive. Radio Adventures. This American life, am I right? The show about all the unseen... Are you tired of endlessly searching for good radio stories? Or maybe feeling overwhelmed by the amount of podcasts filling up your feed? This is Radio Lab. I'm Jad Abumran. Well, worry no more, because Third Coast has you covered. I'm Gwen Maxi, host of Third Coast's podcast, ReSound. ReSound is a themed, hour-long mix of the best in radio and podcasting from the past and present. We've been carefully curating nothing but the best stories from around the world since 2004, and we have a treasure trove of amazing audio. Each episode is bound to have something to fit every listener's individual taste. Personal stories, essays, sound art, mystery stories that twist and turn, and other audio experiments. So stop searching. Subscribe to ReSound today and treat yourself to the finest stories ever told in sound. Your ears will thank us. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, let's jump back into Kickstarter for Radio 101. Maybe you could, I know you talked about this a little the last time we did this, um, the way that you talk to people in those 28 days. How did you set that you know, intention and how do you keep people engaged during that time? You, you have to, um, I programmed the show so I had enough episodes to run during the time period so that I wasn't just talking about the Kickstarter. That's really key. So know what you're going to produce. Produce it like you'd produce anything else so you're not constantly just, just asking for money. Um, I would tweet about it and do Facebook about it and that generated a good amount of my income uh, but uh, you have to do that in creative ways every day just like making your show you wouldn't produce the same show every day um, so make a new message make something exciting make a new goal 
you know, uh, say that you only have so many left of this type of gift. Say that, you know, like anything like that. Anything to make it interesting to you. Because you will get so bored of yourself. You will hate yourself for asking. And then, and then, um, and then get to that level where you're comfortable. And then um, bug people 20% more than that. You know, like put yourself out in a discomfortable place. Uncomfortable place is, I guess, the way you traditionally say that word. <laughs> but... Make yourself uncomfortable and ask a little bit more. Because this is the thing that I learned is that the show, you're giving people something when they give in the opportunity to be part of the project that you're doing that they love. They consider it something that a privilege to be part of it. And if you ask in the right way and you find the right people and you find the right audience and you have the right content, you will get them to thank you for the opportunity to give you their support. And since the Kickstarter has ended, I don't have a donate button. I never fundraised before this. I wanted to make it a concentrated effort, and I wanted to do it right. And after the Kickstarter is over, I don't. I also don't have it. I've had more. You know, I've had. I don't know. I'd say thirty or so inquiries of people asking me how they can still give. I don't know how long many of you have been doing radio, but I have never done a project where people have volunteered, like, how can I give you money? <laughs> that has never happened to me in my entire life. And I've worked on every form of radio program that you can possibly think of. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, if you do the right project and have the right connection with people, they will thank you for giving the opportunity to be part of it. And that, that's, that was an important lesson. I didn't quite know that lesson. You know, and then... Um, and then reward the people with like retweets who do clever ones, you know, who are like are helping you out. You know, like you retweet theirs because sometimes they say it better than you can, and um, and stuff like that. And like engage with people. And also, before the thing started, I was really nervous. Um, you know, forty-two thousand I thought was just a ridiculous amount of money to raise. I just didn't see it as possible. And I mainly did it. I had started with thirty, and then Sam Greenspan, who's my producer. Uh, in the front row. <laughs> he had said, uh, I'm going to come out there and work for you. Uh, how much money can you raise? <laughs> and, you know, like, I think I really want to do this. Could we add a little bit more? And then you would just give me a stipend and I could be a freelancer and I would work for you one day a week. And we'll just, and so I raised it to 42 just so I could give him a little bit of money to keep him there and get him, a, like, a little bit of a job. It's a horrible job. $12,000 a year is a horrible job. <laughs> I don't mean I'm not that horrible of a boss, but it was, the idea was it was one day a week or something. And, um, uh, and so I raised it to that. I never thought I would do it. And so at the time, I was, uh, I was on Facebook a lot in the beginning, you know, talking about how nervous I was. And I put out like a post and said, you know, like, how about you like this post if you think you're going to give? And I prepped people for it for weeks. And they were just dying to do it at the time. And then by the end, it started like it just, I, I got it all in 24 hours because they were ready. So I pre-promoted it in a good way, too. So all these things were stuff that I just, I'd studied a lot of different shows. Um, I looked at Radio Ambulante's page a million times. I looked at Jesse Thorne's uh, uh, Put This On page a million times. And Blank on Blank had just started. And so I had, um, you know, studying the levels and everything and how do you do it. And, and, and I spent a lot of time on it. But a lot of it is luck. And then... And you just have to be prepared for it when you when it gets there. Cool. So.
Cool. Um, I do. I want to. I want to go to Q and A um, quickly before we do. I do want to just make a point. Forty-two thousand dollars is a lot of money. It is. One hundred seventy thousand dollars is an outrageous amount of money. Um, the average amount raised on Kickstarter is just about five thousand dollars. Um, the majority of projects, something like two-thirds of all projects, raise about $10,000 and below. Um, nearly half are in that one to $5,000 range. So this is an exceptional, extraordinary story. Um, I want you guys to hear it and hear everything Roman just said, because he did everything so, 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 so well. Um, but I do want to remind you that this is extraordinary <laughs> in more ways than we even knew. Yeah. And there's other. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a shout out to some other radio projects. Yeah, do it. So I. I'm gonna, definitely gonna back Leah Tao's project, uh, Strangers, because I like that program. And uh, Andrea Seabrook is starting to code DC, and I think that you should back that one too, because <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Cool. So let's go to Q and A. Who's got questions? Any questions? No one. Do we answer every question in the front here? Use the mic. Right. I, f I feel like I couldn't do it again. Um, but I've asked people because, well, I didn't tell you about one of the pitfalls of this. And this is essentially, for the past six weeks, I've been in the t-shirt business. <laughs> um, so I've run into more fans. And, um, and I've asked them, you know, like, did you, th did you think that I was, that was it? Or I was going to do another uh, season or do it season three or season four, or season five. And they've all just said to me, yeah, I would totally back you again. It was, I would, you know, like, so I don't think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try a different method. I'm going to use the money to get other grant type stuff going and, and, uh, maybe do a subscription model and do it slightly differently. But I, I do think that there's a issue of exhaustion and fatigue of giving. And the fact of the matter is, is I mean, there's currently tons of Kickstarter projects and there's just going to be more of them and it's going to be harder to stand out as public radio projects. So um, right now my plan is to not do it for a regular operation budget of the season. But if I ever did a secondary project like a book, I've been approached to do some book or something, or... Um, or a video series that's different than the radio show. Um, that I would do as a Kickstarter project. I would make it a little bit different story because telling the same story over again would not be compelling to me as a narrative. And so again, I would make the narrative that was interesting to me. And that would be like a book or a, or a video series. So. Uh, I think there is a question in the back. Could, yeah, right like there, that dude, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Roman, it's Andrew Lapin from Current. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> uh, I wanted to thank you because uh, my article on you was the most viewed article on our site um, until, <laughs> up until Madeline, Madeline Brand left KPCC. Uh, but until then, <laughs> people love reading about Kickstarter. Um, they were really fascinated by your story. Um, the thing I wanted to bring up was uh, your show was already uh, obscenely popular like before yeah. you went on Kickstarter. You had two seasons. You were talking about how um, you had all these people coming to you wanting to help you out and that's how you got such cool gifts and, and such a cool video uh, so how would you have gone about this if you didn't have such a large passionate built in fan base if you had to start from zero? I would get your large passionate fan base first I don't think there's a way to do it otherwise I think that there's occasionally like a narrative that's that can work 
Like Blank on Blank has an interesting narrative. Radio Ambulante has a really compelling narrative. Yeah, I should have, I'm sorry, I didn't put that up. If you like, go to PRX's page, you see all these projects. You know, they, they raised, you know, 45,000, 46,000 without ever producing a show uh, at that point. And, but they had, like, there was a need for that show, and that made sense. I think otherwise, I think you, I think you have to put in the time, and um, generally, I think you have to put in the time and build your audience beforehand. I don't see another way to do it. I just, I don't see another way to do it. There's too many things out there that are good, and 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 I think I would be more inclined to give to something who spent some time on their pilots and their series and stuff and. And like I knew they were invested in it and were willing to do it for free. I'm more willing to give money to people that I know are willing to do it for free, <laughs> I think. So I, I think you have to suck it up and just do it for a long time. Yeah, I, if I could quickly just follow up on that. Um, I think that one of the, again, back to that comment about how do we get beyond friends and family, I think that if you're making something and you build a fan base, if you build a group of people who know you and care about you and are excited about you, this will all go a lot better for you. Um, I also think to that earlier question about doing it again, it's the same answer. If you do something well and people really have a great experience of it, they're willing to go back to the well usually. Um, we see it a lot with film and publishing and the art projects where people are proposing to make something, they make the thing, it's awesome. And then they're like, hey, I have another great idea. People are usually, and usually something project-based, doing something like a whole season or doing anything where it's general operating is typically very difficult, not only because the budget is big, but just because it's like this broad, sprawling thing. Something that's really specific and finite works a lot better, and it's easy to do things like that. The, the project part of it actually helped me out a lot, because I'd never thought of my show as having seasons at all. <laughs> Kickstarter made me do that, because I knew I couldn't do it as a general operating thing. So I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's about season three, I think, by now. <laughs> and so that became season three. Awesome. <laughs> Andrea. Oh. Yeah. Um, I was Andrea Seabrook, and I am the anti-Roman. Um, <laughs> I did... No, don't say that. Everything completely wrong. If you listen to what um, they just said, the right way to do a, ca a Kickstarter campaign, I've done it all wrong. Um, I made the video. The video is kind of bad. Um, it's it, but the story's good. Um, the lighting is terrible. She said <laughs> lighting. It makes my head look like it kind of goes flat sometimes. Um, and um, but it's but it's actually really working. Uh, yeah. And I just wanted to say that. Um, I don't think you have to be quite as meticulous as um, Roman is to do this. I don't think Although is Roman meticulous totally, as Roman. <laughs> Roman, Roman, look at what Roman did. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, it's just yeah. what the result is. What I the agree, result is. but I, I think you, you didn't have a lot of episodes of your new show of Dakota DC, but you had 14 years of being a congressional correspondent, and that's your audience. Your audience. I mean, so it's not like you put in, you didn't you put know, in the time. I, I guess I, I don't want to like join the panel, but, um, <laughs> but um, yes, I'm in the middle of the Kickstarter campaign now and a lot of people are finding it and I've tapped into something else and that is the narrative about the election right. we're in. Yeah. And I think as long as you find the story that you're telling, then that story itself can be the idea that sparks people to just, I mean, vast numbers of my people don't want my gifts yeah. right. and and back for no reward because they're not nearly as good as yours. They're the standard logo t-shirt crap. But um, 
But, you know, I mean, I've learned a lot from this, and it's going really well. And the only other thing that I would add is that it is an unbelievable amount of work. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, it's I a full-time wouldn't. job. It, I it, hope it, I didn't make you think that it was. <laughs> yeah, it's more than a full-time job. No, it's, yeah. it's, it was really Constant. hard. I mean, luckily, I was on a complete high the whole <laughs> yeah. time. Right. And I could, that I could still make radio at the same time. But it, it was, uh, it's, it's a ridiculous amount of work. It's, it's a lot of work. It's ridiculous. Yeah, everyone You can fill it. every second with it. Yeah. And you live in fear. Constantly. Yeah, you live in fear. Yeah, and I, so I will... <laughs> I can, you live in fear. You do. It's, it's, a nerve, it's a nail biter. And I'll, uh, to underscore, I think you, you do make a good point. Um, I usually don't talk about the you stories because... Um, I would say the exceptional stories, the people who have such just an incredible tale, such an incredible story to tell, such an amazing thing they want to make, that people just, they're like, we have to make this happen. You guys are actually much rarer than the over-meticulous Romans <laughs> um, because um, that that is about some magic formula that I can't define. Like, I could sit up here and tell you guys, like, have good rewards, do this, do that, and these are all things that are good and everyone should, I think, no matter what, even if you have a great story, think about. Um, but what you have is, is awesome. So congratulations for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I, we have we talk. This is why film does so well on the site too, right? Yeah, natural storytellers. Whoever has the mic, please feel free to. What's your thing? What's your thing? What are you raising money? What is it, Andrea? Oh, it's called Decode DC. I left NPR to go indie. Yeah. Decode DC. Leave NPR to go indie. This person. Hi, um, I work at KCRW with Leah. She's over there. Yay. Hi, Leah. Strangers is amazing. I backed amazing. your project. <laughs> I hope it makes a million dollars. I have a question that I think maybe a lot of people in this room know more about than I do, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm wondering if you can speak more to your relationship with PRX, um, because I'm thinking of like why films are so successful on Kickstarter, which is a lot of times you raise a lot of money, you make a film, the film is good, it gets into a festival, distributors see it, they pick it up, they put it in theaters, and the next film that you make, a studio will give you money to make it. Mm -hmm. So it sustains itself in that way. Yeah. And I'm curious about how, as radio producers, we can sustain our projects in a similar way. So. Like if you're not on the radio. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I suppose like the the biggest parallel might be to like sign on with, with a station, you know, yeah. to to become syndicated. But, I mean, that's not even that's not always no in people's best interest. Can you speak to that a little bit? And how does PRX factor into Fit all into of that thing? as a distributor? Um, well, PRX is um, PRX supports the show. Uh, in financially, uh, but also they are my back. They took over my podcasting duties, and they also one of the problems with my show the first couple of years was that um, I had a relationship with I still have a relationship with KALW in San Francisco, and I uh, got paid through their the license holder is the school system, and if you can imagine, the school <laughs> system doesn't pay timely. And so I would bill for the show, but I would pay my reporters before I got paid. And I did that and it was ridiculous. It was so hard. And so PRX kind of what they did for me as my fiscal agent was made it so that they could float the money to pay reporters before I could 
get my income from underwriters and other stuff. Like they work really great as a fiscal agent in that way. You kind of need that relationship. You also need the relationship with a station, I think, is a great one because someone has to give you the money to get going on it. Because I don't, you know, except for the Andrea Seabrooks of the world, I don't, th I think you need to get going and get a bunch of them out before people can, people want to give to things they love, you know? And so you have to have a show out there to do it. So I think stations are a key part of it and relationships like, relationships with PRX are a key part of it because they're the ones that know your work before you make it and have faith in you to give you a little bit of time or airtime or money or support in some way to get the thing going. And then you can go to people and ask them for stuff. They're a key part of it. They have to be producers. Stations have to be, in my opinion, stations have to be producers. And so um, that's how that relationship works with, with me. Uh, you know, I've always owned all of the show, though. Like, it's my show. Uh, PRX is my fiscal agent. KLW helped me support it. And their name will be on it until the end of time. I, I, they'll get it for free. I love them. They'll get it until the end of time. And so, um, you know, so that is my relationship with them. But they were all, those were partners to have because they all let it be my show. And so you have to find a relationship like that. I don't know if other stations <laughs> are like that, but that's what happened. Julie Sabatier. Hi, Robert. Um, so thank you guys for highlighting Destination DIY. And I just want to say quickly that it's not just a local show. We buy work from producers around the country. So come talk to so me. Sorry. That's that okay. No problem. That's my of your Kickstarter page. No problem at all. It is based in Portland, and a lot of our backers came from Portland. And okay, we love maybe Portland that's very much. Yeah. Um, but when, one of the things I just wanted to say, in addition to being a lot of work, for me, the Kickstarter process was an emotional roller coaster. Like, I feel like I would. I, would, I felt a little bit like I was running for office and like I would be like, I don't want to go out tonight, but I should go because I'll see people and then they'll remember that they should give to my thing. And, um, and that would happen and I would see people and they'd be like, oh my God, I'm totally going to give to your project, but I'm kind of waiting till the end. And I'd be like, I'm going to kill you. Um, but I didn't say that. Um, and one of the things that drove me crazy and when the screenshot was up, I noticed that you didn't actually have the same problem, but I'm interested, maybe Stephanie, you can speak to this too. Yeah. We had a lot of people that liked the project. Yes. On, um, Facebook. on Facebook, we had probably two or three times as many people like the project as actually give to the project. And I was really curious about, there you go, lots more people liked the project. 899 is, people liked it typical. and 293 people gave. Roman's case is like, again, atypical. Yours is typical. Well, so what's your best advice for turning those likers into backers? Into backers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because... Uh, Part about how this all works is the likers. Like, it's people sharing this on Facebook and telling other people about it and finding creative ways to do that. Um, I know someone who funded a film project that she 100% thinks that it was those people that really made her project get to the finish line. Um, but what you see on Roman's project and what's extraordinary is that that, that conversion. <laughs> um, people who weren't were coming to the page saying, I like this, and then giving it money. Um, and... I mean, I don't know for sure how many there were, but no, it's, it's like th you have like three thousand people liked it. Or, oh yeah, well they gave more money than they liked it. I guess that's the better yeah, ratio you had three, to land you had 3, on. Three thousand likers <laughs> to your five thousand. Right. Uh, some people didn't like giving, but the um, the you know the the social media one is a weird one. Um, I found more traction on Facebook than Twitter. Generally, that's that's typical. 
uh, actions off of Twitter are pretty rare, um, but a lot of people retweeted it and it was like that. Um, but if you look at the breakdown, like you can, Kickstarter has amazing tools for finding out like where people came from and gave, and um, and a good, and, and, so you a good amount came from that. I don't know what the. I, I remember thinking like I have like a fair number of fans on Facebook too, and I remember needing just I don't know like a couple hundred left, and I remember just writing like okay we have a couple hundred there's like there's thousands and thousands of you why don't you just give now and we'll be done with this <laughs> thing, you know, and th- they and they didn't you know and you know like they, they just they don't act off of Facebook you know so there's I think there's just a limit to what social media stuff can do. In this case, so you know, I, I I think you just have to temper your expectations for it, and I don't know how to convert it. I think one of the things at the very end, I, I spiked like about ten grand or something at the last day, um, because you know it was the end, and you can just constantly badger people until they you know like be a part of it. And at that point, you know, like there's a part of it that's just psychological trickery, really, because it's like. You know, I'd made my goal, you know. So what were they getting out of it at that point? The show was going to happen. So, so like, but a deadline just makes people act. And so then you can go to town. It's It's true. So consistently true. Um, One thing that's important about the social media stuff is um, what people do always say to me is that this is as much a PR project as it is a fundraiser, right? So having people see your project, talk about your project, be excited about your project means that new people are seeing what you're up to. You're getting new listeners. There's other outcomes that are super important. So I know it's like frustrating to watch those likes climb, but just like keeping that in mind is actually an awesome thing. Um, The other thing too is that always happens. You launch your project and you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. And then there's this period called the trough. And the trough is really... Andrea's in the trough. <laughs> it's this period where you bump into your friends at the bar and they're like, oh yeah, you've got that Kickstarter thing. Yeah, I'll do it before it ends. Don't worry. And you just want to shake them. But every, at, like literally everyone goes through it. And again, you kind of had a gentle up, upswing. Um, you were you were lucky. Um, but generally people do see that quiet period in the middle. And the thing to keep in mind is there's always a spike at the end. Maybe it's because like you're losing your mind. Maybe it's because people love the idea of a deadline and they want to get under the wire. They're like me. They're probably procrastinators. We have a 48-hour reminder button, so people get that email and be like, "Oh yeah." Um, so it's totally it's it is a roller coaster, and we know it. But that's I think part of the thing that makes us all work. I think we're about out of time, but maybe we'll take one more question. Let's get some more questions. Oh, there's Leah Tao. There's plenty of time. Yeah. Okay. No, Until we know. get kicked I was out. Leah I was Tao I, from Stranger. I wanted to uh, start by thanking you because we've actually never. Met yeah. in person, and I had no idea that you were going to mention my project, let alone show it on the screen. I'm I'm Leah, and I produce Strangers. But I gave um, you five bucks yesterday. You did. Thank <laughs> you. Yay. Um, and I just launched it a few days ago. But I I want to thank you for that, but also say that before we ever, I mean, we're meeting now for the first time. But in the yeah. spring, before you launched the Kickstarter campaign, you took like an hour, an hour and a half on the phone with me to walk me through your whole funding model and everything you were doing. And I think that that generosity of spirit is a big part of why you were so successful. Because before you even were successful, you were always helping other indie producers. And also just want to say, because Jenny pointed out that we're at KCW together, I just have to, for the record, say that 
Uh, it's supported by KCRW's independent producer project, but I have to raise a lot of the money myself, and it is an independent project, so sure. don't think <laughs> first that I'm like just at a station and totally covered, because I'm not. But I actually had a question, which is how... Uh, sorry. Keep going. Um, I, which is, what, can you give any advice about updates, like how many updates to do, and what should be the nature and the, the point, like the goal of the update? I, yeah. I think, to, to me, it's always give content. Like, you're producers, you know exactly what's yeah. good content. So, like, when I put out a new show, I embedded the new show in SoundCloud in the page, and that was what it was. These are already your backers, so you're not going to get... You might get a little more money out of them, but it's really different than that. And so you get them excited about your stretch goals that you're hitting, the uh, just anything that's content. You guys are content creators. Make content. Don't do pitches. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, uh, that's it's really key. I think people use it as this, like, weird... Uh, space to like plead um, and it's good to remind people that like you know hey we got things to do <laughs> we're all here for a reason but um, th you know there's a reason that we formatted it like a blog because it is a space for sharing content and that's why you can put video and music and it goes to people's inbox you could send them special things that no one else gets and we like really like for people to remember that Yancy uh, one of our founders wrote a great blog post on our blog it's in the tips section that's like think of project updates like like dating <laughs> um, and you know you, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to send too many, like, you know, um, but you do want to send enough to show that you're interested, you know, be like really thoughtful and personable. And like, it's actually a really good way to think about it. And it's a blog post that I usually send to people when they're like asking these questions. And it also gives you another thing to rather than, you know, you can post on your Facebook page, your Kickstarter page, but you can post there's a direct link to those updates. Yeah. It just gives you another thing to post about, yeah. which is a good, convenient tool, another thing for other people to post about. So like how Facebook you know, collapses all the same links yeah. into one thing. Well, if everyone's posting, your, like, your footprint on the page is really small, but if you do updates, it's another link and it won't be collapsed into the rest of one story. stuff like So that. it's not just for people who've already backed, like it's also a Because people will share you the can, update. You can Facebook like it and share it. Yeah. So it's that like comes content. in a new yeah. thing. So I, if in your case, I would like I would produce something quickly with you know whatever and just like embed it there like a rough draft of something, and then I would release that as a thing on the on the update. Personally, uh, back there. No, it's just I, <laughs> act. Keep passing the act. Uh, I work with a, a number of high school programs in the D.C. area, uh, and I was just wondering if there were any sort of um, possibilities or any restrictions to using Kickstarter to either fund uh, the the program itself uh, in the school or for individual students to uh, to use it for their stories. So you, you have to be over 18 years of age to use Kickstarter. You students have done it with a teacher or a mentor or a parent or something like that. Um, the thing to keep in mind is uh, that um, to frame it like, like a professional project, right? Like people don't really want, um, while well, they're going to say, oh, isn't that sweet? Like people really want to engage in something that's meaningful and exciting. And to and that's what we're doing with, I mean, I used to work with high school kids, so I know about this. This is what you do with them. You like learn how to be like real artists, real creative people with them. So bring all of that energy to a Kickstarter project and it will be successful. I mean, I saw some sixth grade girls around a project a couple months ago. Everyone in my office backed it. We were all like, these girls are awesome. You know, and it was like they wanted to send a camera to space and take pictures, which, you know, was like so fun. So we got a, we 
all got pictures from space <laughs> from by you know helping them build their camera. So it happens, yeah. Yep. Um, Is there I, more? There's a question in the front here. You. Okay. Okay. One more question or no questions? And then I'm, we're around. I'm around. She and has the, office I'm hours. I'm doing office hours all day tomorrow. And so find me if you have other questions. I can talk to you later. I mean, it's... In the other building what, by the registration desk. What's an important question that somebody's dying? Does anyone have a burning one question? One last one. All the no. pressure is on. Ask it. Ask it. So I guess my question is about demographics in terms of who's giving. And in my mind, I feel like the what I understand the audience of 99% Invisible to be probably matches up with the type of people who use Kickstarter pretty well. But I'm not sure that, what I'm worried about is a lot of the public radio audience isn't that same audience that's listening to 99% Invisible. And so I'm wondering, yeah. are there projects that may not reach that same demographic that can use Kickstarter to their advantage? Um, and if, if you've your seen Your Kickstarter backers are gonna be your demographic, if that makes sense. Like you don't, like the majority of people that come to your project are people who are into your thing. So if you have a story about or a show about X, people who are into X are gonna support your project. They're not like, the I like showed you in that slide, the Kickstarter community, that's a small percentage of people. Mostly it's people who hear about what you're up to. They learn, I mean, we get new backers every day. Like we, like I said, we have, we're approaching three million people. So those people are people who discover Kickstarter because you tell your thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fifty thousand listeners um, that you have this thing. And I, we pride ourselves on thinking that our site is pretty easy to figure out. Um, I know, I understand that, you know, this is an internet thing. It's a very like, it's, I get that. Um, but it's it's new and people are learning and we're teaching people. Yeah. Like people didn't shop on the internet a few years ago and now they I was are. I, I started using Kickstarter just like just without describing it the first few times and I realized that there were a few people that really didn't quite get it. The other thing they didn't get is to give you have to be uh, in the Amazon payment system. Yeah. And that, that took a, a few people a few steps. So be prepared to walk people through it. But they'll figure it. I mean, they will they, figure, they'll it figure it out. It's a good question. We get it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for downloading the Third Coast Pocket Conference. We'll be back soon with more sessions. But until then, you can always check out our archive of conference audio at thirdcoastfestival.org, or have a listen to our other podcast, Resound, for the best audio stories from around the world. Okay. Speak soon. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.